No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and the solid advice come from the expert, Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How are you today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Well, Brian, we've talked a lot in this program about passive real estate. We've talked about the Delaware Statutory Trusts and the DSTs, that sort of thing. But the thing that comes before all of that, I think, is something that we've covered, but maybe not as much in detail as we'd like to. And that would be something called the 1031 Exchange. Now, the 1031 Exchange is an IRS code. First of all, let's define what is the 1031 Exchange. Yeah, I thought it was important today that we talk about 1031 exchanges, the basics, really get our fundamentals down here because, you know, I talk about DSTs as option for reinvestment, but let's back up a little bit and say, well, should I be uh, looking into this at all before I start learning about potential options on the other side? So we're going back to the basics. The 1031 exchange, it's code sec- IRS code section 1031. And I often get asked, interestingly enough, well, do we think that's going to be around a while? Is this new? Or, or when did this come about? These ability to sell your real estate and buy other real estate and in this way. And actually, it was added to the Internal Revenue Code in 1921. So based on my math, it's 98 years in the code section. So it has been around a long time. The provision allows for property owners of investment real estate the opportunity to sell a property, reinvest the proceeds in a new property, and defer 
all capital gains and potentially eliminate them. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but at least defer them for now. In Washington, Washington State, you're deferring three levels of capital gain taxation. And in states like California and Oregon that also have an income tax, you're actually deferring four potential levels of capital gain tax. So the 1031 exchange is an IRS code founded in 1921 that allows you to potentially pass or maybe kick that tax can down the road a little bit if you have the right type of property. Let's talk about the qualifying types of property. Yeah, it's pretty basic how they define it. It's used in a business or held for investment. So what that tells me, you know, that's not very descriptive. And and so that tells me, well, is my principal residence used in a business or held for investment? Well, I might think it's investment in in this area because it goes up in value, but no, it's a place that you live. You use it for personal use. And so personal use is therefore excluded from it. So it's investment property, uh, rentals, land and or commercial property, that kind of stuff. So understand it's, it's not something you use for personal benefit. So with a 1031 exchange, you're exchanging property, but you have to exchange into a like kind property. Now, if I have a 100-unit purple apartment complex, does that mean I have to exchange it into a 100-unit purple complex someplace else? Yeah, and that's that's an interesting one. No, you do not. <laughs> uh, the like-kind exchange rules are very, very broad. And so let me list uh, some of the things that are considered like-kind, even though they don't seem like it. And I wish they hadn't used the term Mm like-kind. Like-kind makes it sound like, and people get tripped up on this all the time. Uh, Yeah, I'm selling a a self-storage. I've got to buy self-storage. No, these are all considered the same. A rental house, a apartment complex, retail space, office building, uh, raw land, a farm, self-storage, a long-term leased business property. Property, uh, mineral rights, cell towers, anything associated essentially with real estate is considered like kind to other real estate if it's held in a trader business or investment real estate. And so it's very, very broad. That's right. I mean, it can be almost anything like kind, as you said, is probably not the best term to describe that, but it is relative. Let's talk about some of the uh, 1031 exchange terminology here. Of course, TP would be taxpayer, would be taxpayer, but I've heard this terminology called boot. What is the boot? Yeah, boot is anything non-like kind to the exchange and it's potentially taxable. So let's say that you're selling a hundred, you know, and let's say you're selling a million dollar uh, fourplex and you're going to exchange it into some other, you know, uh, some rental house or something that's only 900,000. So you're getting a hundred thousand dollars at closing. Well, that's boot. That's something that wasn't exchanged. Uh, What else could be boot? Let's say you're exchanging into a property that has personal property associated with it. So you sold your million dollar place, you're buying a million dollar place, but that hundred thousand of that purchase price was say personal property like appliances and swimming pool furniture or whatever. That's considered boot. Or let's say you didn't replace your mortgage in the exchange. That's considered boot. So anything that's considered boot is a taxable event. Brian, what are some of the IRS code sections in relation to selling appreciated property? Yeah, so we're talking about Section 1031. That's a tax deferral and a potential elimination of 
tax on the sale of property used in a trade or business or held for investment when exchanged for like-kind replacement property. All right, so the other code section, section 1033, is called an involuntary conversion. And that's where, let's say, Sound Transit took your property or a fire consumed it and you got insurance proceeds. And then your tax account says, oh, by the way, you, know, you lost your property. Uh, you got a check from insurance and that check is taxable unless you reinvest it within a couple of years. So that's section 1033. We can use Delaware Statutory Trust for 1033 involuntary conversions. There's IRS Code Section 121. That's the tax exclusion on the sale of your principal residence. If you've held it for two of the last five years as your principal residence, a single person can eliminate 250000 and a married couple can eliminate 500000 again. There's IRS Code Section 453. That's where you sell a real estate on an installment sale. So let's say I sold something for a million dollars. I got a $100,000 down payment. I got to figure out what my gain is on that place. And let's say it was 900000 And I got a $100,000 down payment. I got to pay 90% of that gain of the hundred grand. So 90 grand goes on my tax return. I pay it as I go, essentially, on the principal. So I'm just deferring it to, with an installment sale. I'm not eliminating it. And that's why a lot of times when I'm talking to people about this, they're saying, well, I was just going to sell it over time on, and then I wouldn't have to pay all the tax up front. Yeah, but you're still going to pay it. I'm trying to get you out of it with a DST. And finally, there's section 721, and that's a more esoteric area uh, regarding uh, REITs that acquire uh, properties. It's called an upreit, and I'm not going to get into the details of that for this show. So I didn't know, though, that uh, Section 1031 or that Section 1033 would apply under the circumstances of imminent domain. Like you said, when Sound Transit takes your property, I had no idea that you could take advantage of the 1031 exchange, or in this case, 1033. Yeah, I've done a lot of 1033s because of Sound Transit. Uh, different areas. I've also had conversations with people in California with the fires. Let's talk about the perfect storm for using a 1031 exchange. Yeah, one of the reasons you might want to do a 1031 exchange is you know, just consider how much appreciation there's been in your real estate. I know you've been depreciating it if you've owned it a long time, so your cost basis is next to nothing. You probably bought it for a fraction of what it's worth now. So you have this huge amount of gains that you're looking at if you sell your property. And then the markets are so strong, like I said, around here that you're looking at that going, well, my rents sure don't keep up with that. Uh, Maybe I want to sell at the top and buy somewhere else. And so a lot of people are looking for ways to diversify out of the local area. And we'll talk a little bit later about you evil landlords out there. <laughs> I'm just kind of joking, but you, you kind of feel like one. Uh, and, and we'll talk about what's happening in California and what's going to happen right. here. I can just tell you it's going to happen about why people are really, I mean, you think about it. They're, they're just getting older. I mean, they bought the house. They're, they're investment real estate maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's older. It needs more work. There, You're older. You need more work. <laughs> you need more time off is what you need. Yeah. And uh, maybe not more appreciation. You've gotten that. So take that appreciation. Don't pay income taxes on it. And, you know, that's, of course, the DST story. The evil landlord. A lot of people don't realize, you know, when you look at these apartment buildings, a lot of them are owned by big commercial companies, but there are a huge number of them that are just owned by people who were small-time investors, mom and pops who bought a building some time ago and they're depending upon this income for their retirement and then all of a sudden things happen here and all of a sudden they can't raise rents they have trouble screening the the uh, tenants this is just a perfect recipe for a 1031 exchange isn't it it is this whole uh west coast i might as well jump into this one uh 
the whole West Coast is dealing with this, and it is the perfect storm to get out of investment real estate for a lot of people for the you know some of those reasons. But some of the reasons we we see what's happening is you know Seattle. If you're a landlord, you know that uh, your rights as landlords are getting uh, uh, dissipating. Mm-hmm. We saw rent control, statewide rent control, go in in Oregon. Okay, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, think about it, if it goes into Seattle. I mean, Seattle's probably the worst market you should ever pass rent control because there's a critical housing shortage. I know. Let's make it so that people don't want to be landlords here and maybe they'll build more affordable housing. Uh, okay, that's backwards. <laughs> no, they won't be building it. So you just shut out the supply piece of the argument. The demand is going up. The supply will get shut down by doing rent control. People are not going to want to do it. And so what happens is that the people that have moved into the area are going to be supplementing those under rent control. Because if you got half, then let's say you got a 40-unit apartment and 20 of them are under rent control, well, how's that person going to pay the mortgage and the expenses without making up for it? So they're just going to max out what rents they can increase on the other units. So new people moving in will be supplementing the people that are paying the lesser amounts. And there's not going to be new units coming on board because no one's going to want to build in this area. So rent control is a complete disaster in a growing area like Seattle. So Oregon passed rent control. California is going to pass. It. And I also have learned that some cities like Beverly Hills are now going to mandate Section 8. Hmm. So you got this $6,000 a month you know, luxury apartment, and they're going to be mandated whatever, four units of Section 8. You're going to have four units at 1200 bucks a month or whatever. Hmm. I don't know. And so they're basically uh, taking property value from those property owners. They're taking it because if you think about it, you know, how are you going to get Section 8 housing in, in Beverly Hills? Well, the government has to build it because no developer is going to go there and overpay for land there and then build that. The numbers, it just doesn't pencil. And so the government has to. But they got smart and they said, you know, rather than build our own apartments, why don't we just steal apartments from existing apartment owners Mm -hmm. and confiscate them by saying, mandating, you are now owning Section 8 apartments and you have to cut the rents that you're charging and and you'll just pay the dime for the entire amount that we would have had to spend. They're taking property from people. And that is what's going to be happening here. As soon as Seattle hears about this, they're going to go, glory days. This is the way to nirvana. They're going to do that. They're going to pass rent control too, because we're the only state on the West Coast that hasn't said they're going to. And in addition, California, that same city, Beverly Hills, is going to mandate earthquake uh, retrofitting. And if you figure $125,000 a door, somebody owns a, some older couple owns a 20-unit apartment complex, yeah, all they got to do is come up with uh, $2.5 million cash out of their bank account. But, you know, they can just raise rents. Right? Oh, wait, uh, we have rent control. Oh, and we had to cut rents because Section 8, and they are uh, in a very bad position. <laughs> mm. And we know that this stuff, maybe not the earthquake uh, retrofitting, but we know this stuff's going to happen in Seattle. It's going to get worse and worse. So this is an important topic right now. Yeah, the writing is on the wall. The perfect storm is brewing, and it's brewing faster than you may think. So the 1030 Win Exchange very well could be the answer for you. And we'll continue to talk about that along with other things related to the 1030 Win Exchange and the DST when our program continues. If you'd like to know more about the 1031 Exchange, Delaware Statutory Trust, passive real estate, almost anything that has to do with your retirement and your income, once again, I invite you to call 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can get in, sit down, and ask one of the experts there your questions about the 1031, the DST, 
passive real estate and get your free retirement plan. Once again, that number is 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. And as always, you can find out more about the firm online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth, Jeff Shade along with Brian Evans, and we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more right after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. A dip in the market like we've seen lately could cost you years of retirement income, and it's unnecessary. This is Brian Evans, President and CEO of Madrona Financial Services. Today we see how investments can erode based on events here and around the world. But there's no doubt that people with better plans will be far less affected. So here are the four don'ts about investing in times like these. Don't panic. Don't get hung up on talk of a correction. Don't think anyone knows what's going to happen next. And don't be complacent. Now here's your one do. Call Madrona Financial Services today, especially if you're at or near retirement. Our team specializes in retirement planning and can guide you to manage your risk no matter what's around the corner. Call us at 844-MADRONA. Our team will review your retirement plan in two one-hour meetings. It's quick, it's easy, and it just might add years of income to your retirement. Give us a call at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. Attention owners of income-producing real estate. Due to popular demand, Madrona Financial Services has just added August 6th and August 8th to their free DST Lunch and Learn event schedule. Join us on August 6th at Matt's Rotisserie and Oyster Lounge in Redmond, or August 8th at Lombardi's in Everett, and you'll learn about a no-hassle way to invest in real estate and the many benefits of a Delaware Statutory Trust. We'll also tell you about the Madrona bundle of services that bring everything you need to plan for retirement under one roof. Reserve your seats today before they're gone at 844-MADRONA. A DST also qualifies as a 1031 exchange, so you may be able to defer the capital gains taxes on the sale of your highly appreciated income property. Learn how to own shares of income-producing major commercial real estate properties without the obligations and hassles of property ownership. Attend our free DST and Madrona Bundle Lunch and Learn event at Matt's Rotisserie and Oyster Lounge in Redmond on August 6th or at Lombardi's in Everett on August 8th. Call 844-MADRONA or register at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about 1031 exchanges. And Brian, 1031 exchange, obviously one of the big benefits is taxes. So let's talk about the different taxes on selling real estate. So let's say you have a million dollar property and you pay $200,000 for it and you sell it. uh, You got an $800,000 gain. Oh, no, wait, it's more than that because you've been taking depreciation on it. So you might have depreciated it down to $50,000, the value of the land, and the building's been fully depreciated. So you actually have a $950,000 gain. So in this example, 800000 of that is capital gain, and 150000 of that $950,000 gain is depreciation recapture. They're taxed at different rates. So depending, in this case, the capital gain would be 20%. But in addition, we have other taxes. So the capital gain can be as low as 15% for most people, or a lot of people, I would say. But if you're selling real estate around here, your gain might be kind of high. So it's 20%. On top of that, you may have the additional 3.8% net investment income tax. Uh, Some people call it the Obamacare tax because it's equal to the Medicare cost. So they're taxing you uh, the full Medicare premium. And so it's for a lot of people, it's 23.8%. 
So you have those taxes. And then you have, so we've just covered three taxes. You got your capital gains tax, your 3.8% add-on tax, and you've got your depreciation recapture. That's at 25%. So there's your third tax. And then if you're in a state like California, it's going to be 93 to 13.3% tax on top of that. Oregon, it's just under 10% at 9.9%. Now on top of that, you've got the Washington real estate excise transfer tax. That's around... Uh, 1.78%, but we're having a new law change there too. And so come January 1st, they're going to jack that thing up about 70% for properties over $3 million. So there's going to be a huge increase to that. So we got all <laughs> kinds of fun taxes. Now, of all the taxes I just discussed, the 1031 exchange into, for instance, the Delaware Statutory Trust gets you out all, all of them except for one, the Washington State Real Estate Excise Transfer Tax. So the 1031 exchange is really, really tax friendly. I mean, taxes are something that everyone should consider, but certainly when you're selling real estate, it can get quite hefty. We're talking about the 1031 exchange here on Growing Your Wealth this week. Let's talk about the qualified intermediary. That is something that goes along with the 1031 exchange. First of all, what is a QI or a qualified intermediary? They are necessary to do a 1031 exchange and it is necessary to hire them on time. Here's something that often happens. Somebody sells a property, they get a check and they call me up and they say, hey, I want to do 1031 exchange. I said, well, when are you going to sell your property? Hey, I've already done it. I've got the money here. I'm ready to go. I'm like, oh, uh, that's not going to work. You didn't hire a qualified intermediary. And they go, what's that? <laughs> so real important here. So the qualified intermediary has to be engaged prior to you closing your sale. So when I'm talking to somebody, they say, hey, okay, I love this DST idea. What's my next steps? I own all this investment property. And the, the answer is, well, you just sell it like a normal sale. And in the purchase and sale agreement will be the wording that it, it may be intended to qualify for a 1031 exchange. That's boilerplate language. That's in every standard purchase and sale agreement. But if you wrote your purchase sale agreement on the back of a napkin or did it yourself on your word processor, it may not be in there. So make sure it gets in there. But prior to closing, uh, you got to hire a QI, a qualified intermediary. They will be the ones that receive the money at closing and put it into your next investment, whether you're buying your own piece of replacement property or doing a Delaware statutory trust as a replacement property. It does have to go through the QI. Their role is to educate the taxpayer, which is what I'm doing. That's my role too, I, mm -hmm. I would say. They have to qualify the selling property. They discuss with you and, and prepare the proper documents to restructure the sale into an exchange. They hold the proceeds for the time period it takes to identify. And with the DST, that's kind of immediate. They keep the, the timelines on track. There are various timelines they have to do. They purchase the replacement property and they fill out the appropriate like-kind exchange form 8824 for your income tax return. But they make sure that it goes through properly. So the QI actually does a lot of things here, and the QI is a very important cog in that wheel. You can't do without one. Now, I would imagine there are QIs and QIs, and if someone works with you here at Madrona Financial Services, I would think that you have uh, QIs, or you can point people in the direction of QIs who are doing the right thing. Yeah, we absolutely have QIs that are experienced with Delaware Statutory Trust. They don't all charge the same. They don't all charge, let's say that we have an exchange into several different 
Delaware Statutory Trust. Some charge for each one. Some will give you three for the same price. We know who's charging what, who has the most experience so we can get that set up. So so I'll tell people, just go ahead and sell your property maybe two, three weeks prior to closing that. Call our office. We'll set you up with a QI. We'll start researching and reserving the right DST investments for you. We'll have all the paperwork done prior to closing. And then when it closes, the money goes right to the QI. They already know where it's going to go from there. It goes right to the DSTs that we've we've selected and you're getting rent checks within the month. So again, very, very important that you do things in the right order because if you skip one step, if you're late with something, you do something wrong, the whole deal can be blown. If you want to know about QIs, if you're even remotely interested in QIs or the 1031 Exchange or Passive Real Estate, once again, contact Brian and the team here at Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Now, Brian, insofar as 1031 exchanges go, there are some property exceptions, too. Yeah, people want to know, okay, what can I exchange? Well, let's let's talk about what you can't. You cannot exchange stock. Hey, I'm selling my Amazon. Uh, I want to do tax-free exchange. I want to buy Microsoft. Uh, you can't do that. Let's say you're a developer and you say, well, I got some real estate. I want to sell it and exchange it in other real estate. I say, great. How long you've owned it? Oh, well, you know, I've been actually, uh, I bought the land. I built some houses on it. I have a big gain. I want to roll that over. Well, no, that's not an investment property. That's your inventory. You're in the business of doing that. That doesn't count. How about somebody that buys it, fixes it, and flips it? Nope, doesn't count. It's not an investment property. It's something you're working on. So your primary residence doesn't count. A second home generally doesn't count. Again, stocks, bonds, notes, partnership interest, personal property, none of them count. You cannot do exchanges with them. You also, let's say you have some property in Whistler and you want to sell it and exchange it for a DST or a rental house in the Seattle area. Can I do that? No. You cannot sell a foreign property and exchange it for U.S. real property. So these are some of the nuances there. So these are properties that you cannot use a 1031 exchange with. Once again, Brian, specifically, what is the property? What types of property can you use a 1031 exchange with? Yeah, any investment real estate or real estate held in a trader business. And we talked about uh, in a prior section about uh, that's very broad as to what that can be, whether it's investment real estate like rental apartments or houses or commercial properties or raw land, or we even talked about how it can be long-term leases on investment property, mineral rights, anything like that. So it's pretty broad. As it relates to 1031 Exchange, uh, Brian's, I've heard this term, establishing intent. What is that? Well, that's where we're going to get into some of the nuances of that because there's some gray areas sometimes, you know, where I have a uh, investment property, maybe we use it uh, as a beach property and it's kind of an investment, kind of a personal. And so we've got to get into the intent. So this is going to come up where we're kind of in a gray area. So most people don't have a lot of gray area. Uh, they bought a rental house, they've been renting it out. They bought you know, a commercial building, they've been renting it out. So there's going to be a lot of situations, though, where we have to start really dialing in as to the specifics because it's kind of a, a gray area where there was some personal use. And are you a dealer in real estate? Or are you not? Remember, I, I just mentioned how if you're a developer. Well, what if you just develop one property and you held it for a while and then you change your mind and, and you did something else with it? And so where I would have said initially, it was inventory, but you held it for a long time, and now it's kind of converted to an investment. So these are areas, I'm not going to get into the nuances on the radio, but these things can come up, and those are things that we would have discussions along with our qualified intermediary uh, referral sources as to whether they can be used for 1031. 
Brian, you talked about you just can't fix up a house and flip it, but there must be some type of time requirement. Yeah, that's a big question here because, again, there's going to be gray areas here. Now, all I have to do, right, is look at IRS Code Section 1031. They'll say exactly what the time period is. No, (laughs) they don't. Uh, There is no time stated. Now, as far as the IRS is concerned, though, we can look to case law. Okay, what has become okay and what isn't over time? I mean, it's been in the law 98 years, right? So we have some case law on this. Two years seems to be the amount of holding period that uh, certainly will get you through. Uh, there can be exceptions to this, but I, we, we feel pretty comfortable saying if you did uh, buy something and you held it two years, then you're probably okay. Some people would say one year. I've heard that too because it qualifies for long-term capital gain treatment. So part of the IRS code section does say that one year is long-term, but there's been case law that says that wasn't enough. So if you really want to be safe, it's two years. You're listening to Brian Evans there talking about 1031 exchanges here on Growing Your Wealth. And Brian, it all sounds pretty straightforward if you have investment properties, but are there any situations where it wouldn't be so straightforward? Yes, there's lots of situations. So let's say that the the owner is limited liability company and there's three people and two of them want to do a 1031 and one doesn't. Okay, we got a problem because it's got to go, the ownership has to pass directly. What if there's a separate property issue and the the wife owns a property and she wants to exchange it, but the husband wants to be on the new title? Well, that's not the same as the ownership as what it was before. And so that's a problem. And so when we do a 1031 exchange, whoever owned it before has to own it after. Now, there are ways where there are particular workarounds that we can do, but it does generally have to be the exact same ownership uh, before and after. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We're talking about the 1031 Exchange here this week. Once again, if you have questions about the 1031 Exchange or any of the IRS codes we talked about today, all you got to do is call 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Come and sit down, talk with uh, Brian or one of his team here, and they'll get your questions answered about passive real estate and the 1031 Exchange. Once again, we're going to be taking a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our talk about passive real estate and the 1031 Exchange here on Growing Your Wealth. Stay with us. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Attention! Due to the first date selling out, Madrona Financial Services has just added two new event dates, August 6th at Matt's Rotisserie and Oyster Lounge in Redmond and August 8th at Lombardi's in Everett for their free DST Lunch and Learn event. 
You'll learn how to own shares of income-producing major commercial real estate properties without taking on any debt or management obligations with a Delaware Statutory Trust. A DST can also qualify as a 1031 exchange, so you can potentially defer the capital gains taxes on the sale of your highly appreciated income property. If you're tired of being a landlord but love to invest in real estate, this event is for you. These events fill up quickly, so call 844-MADRONA today. You'll also learn about the Madrona Bundle of Services, which brings everything you need to plan for retirement together under one roof. Join us for a free DST and Madrona Bundle Lunch and Learn event at Match Rotisserie and Oyster Lounge in Redmond on Tuesday, August 6th, or at Lombardi's in Everett on Thursday, August 8th at noon. Reserve your seats today at 844-MADRONA or register at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona Bundle of Services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about 1031 Basic. And Brian, I know in the past we've talked about 1031s insofar as like-kind exchanges. Now, we know that, you know, we've used the example of Purple Apartment House. You don't have to get into another Purple Apartment House. And I thought I heard you say that if you have a vacation home, that that would not qualify for a 1031 exchange. However, I'm now learning that there are some exceptions. Yeah, when it comes to the Internal Revenue Code, there is an exception to every rule, and there's an exception to every exception, and I could go on and on. That's why, you know, when they when they they draw it up, it's just a skeleton and, and really the tax code is determined by all kinds of, you know, it gets very, all these different gray areas and tax court decisions and IRS private letter rulings and all this different stuff. And that's why there's literally millions of pages of the tax code trying to interpret the darn thing. Section 1031 is no exception. So let's say that you have a vacation home and you spend six months a year there down in Arizona and uh, you want to do a 1031 exchange. Uh, the answer is no, you cannot. But let's say that you have one and you've owned it for a couple years and over the last couple of years, you rented it out for more than two weeks a year. Uh, Maybe it was Airbnb or whatever, and you didn't use it. Maybe you were there a week. Can that be a 1031 exchange property? Yes, it can because you didn't have personal use of that in excess of the greater of 14 days or 10% of the time it's rented. That's the rule. So if you followed that rule in the last two years, you actually could call that an investment property and do a Section 1031 exchange. So that's very interesting. Again, it's 14 days if you have this vacation home and you haven't used it for 14 days or you've used it for just 14 days of the year, that could qualify for the 1031 exchange. Now, let's say that you've got this vacation property. Is there a period of time that you must have owned it before you can use it in the 1031 exchange? Yeah, we got that two-year rule going on. It has to be two years. Can't just decide, you know, hey, yeah, I've, I've changed my intent uh, from month and uh, I didn't use it for a month and I decided it's an investment property and then I changed my mind and decided to sell it. You know, you can't do that. So we're talking vacation homes. We're talking second homes, never your primary residence, but there are some 
strategies where maybe a second home, you've decided to change it into a vacation home. You follow these rules for two years. Your intent changes. You've decided that's no longer your second home. You really wanted it to be an investment property. You put it in an Airbnb or you rent it out to someone and you don't use it very much. You know, again, you can't exceed the greater of 14 days or 10% of the time it's rented. And then, you know, you go through the hoops here and on the other side, you decide to sell it. You can do the 1031 exchange. You can defer the tax. You can hold it. And let's say you you did DSTs. uh, You hold them for your lifetime and somebody passes away. And then all of the gains you had on that second home are now eliminated from permanently from income taxation. Brian, let's say that I've lived in my primary residence for, let's say, 20 years. And I've decided that, you know, we're going to move into another place and maybe over by the lake or something like that. We'll just rent out our primary residence. And at some point later, we'll sell that. Once we move from the primary residence into this vacation home that now we're calling a permanent home, can we use the 1031 exchange when we sell what was what used to be our primary residence? Well, actually, what could happen there is you might have done a 1031 exchange into a second home or investment property and and so forth. And then you've changed your mind there again. You don't want it to be an investment property anymore. You want it to be your your residence. So you move into it. Now you can't do 1031s anymore, but now you can take advantage of that other IRS code section we talked about earlier with the $500,000 exclusion someday. And so there's all kinds of ways that we can work around it. Again, this show is uh, pretty getting uh, pretty far into the weeds here, but I don't want lose everybody here so <laughs> I won't I won't belabor that point anymore but I do want to you know talk about some of the the timing rules as it relates to 1031s Now, Brian, we know from talking about 1031 exchanges and DSTs in the past that there are some very strict time requirements. Let's talk about those a little bit. Yeah, let's say you want to do a 1031 exchange. You're selling your property and it closes some monies with the qualified intermediary. You have 45 days to identify your new property. So let's say that you found a property and you put some bids on it and then you find out, ooh, that one fell through. There were a lot of people bidding on that. And you find another one, you bid on that. You finally find one you like on the 40th day and you go, okay, this is the property I'm going to get. All I have to do is get it through the inspection. And two weeks later, it gets inspected and you go, ooh, I'm not going to buy that property. Well, now you're in trouble because now you're beyond the 45 days. Now, if you were talking to us, we might say, well, why don't you have a backup strategy? The backup strategy could be some of these DSTs. And so let's say it didn't go through. You might have a backup of the DSTs because you identified them and this property you have. But then there's all kinds of rules around that. Now, you have 180 days to close. So if you waited 45 days, you've already used up 45 of the 180, so you have 135 left to close. DSTs don't take hardly any time at all. They take a week or two, but your other property might uh, take longer. So if you're considering doing a 1031 exchange and you're going to buy your own property, you might have some real problems because it is hard to find good replacement properties that aren't getting bid on by a lot of people, and you only have 45 days. That is not very long to find good replacement placement investment property. So that's why the DSTs have been so popular. Yeah. So backup strategy is very, very important there. As you said, 45 days just isn't that long. Brian, let's talk about some of the identification rules. Yeah. So you can have a backup strategy, but you can't go, well, you know what? I'm going to list 10 different properties that I'm looking at and DSTs. Well, you can't do that. You can list three properties is all, but there are some exceptions to that. 
you can list as many as you want as long as they don't exceed 200% of your sales price. So twice your, your sales price. But again, we're getting into some nuances here of how we analyze this, how we work this through with the DST. If you're just interested in the DST, none of these rules are, are a problem. But if you are trying to buy your own replacement property, then you can have some nuances that you can use within the different identification rules. Brian, what if your property is part investment, but part of it is not? Yeah, I mean, you might have a, a farm and your principal residence is part of the farm and you break off some land. Somebody wants to buy the land part and develop that. And you go, well, okay, but you know, is this 1031 eligible? Because it was also my principal residence. So yeah, you can certainly uh, have portions applying for investment real estate of a, a property and a portion applying as a principal residence. Uh, so let's say you're running a business out of the house and it's partially your principal residence, partly something else. So there, there are ability to allocate that. Another obvious example might be you have a fourplex. Well, you live in one of the units. So one of the units is going to be under that code section 121 up to a $500,000 uh, tax-free gain for a married couple and 250000 if you're single. The other three units would qualify for 1031 exchange treatment. So there are, again, some different nuances. Even if it's a mix of that, you can use the different code sections to your advantage. Brian, we're talking about the 1031 exchange here, but let's remind people why we want to do this 1031 exchange and then into a Delaware statutory trust. Yeah, so we've been talking about some of the nuances of the basics of 1031 exchanges. And so you might be listening and going, well, I own some property and yes, I am ready to sell at a good time uh, in the market because of things coming down the pike. I just don't want to be owning this real estate in this area anymore. Uh, I'm tired of being a landlord. Uh, I don't want to pay the income tax. I want to defer it, eventually eliminate it through the step-up in basis. And I want to consider this Delaware Statutory Trust because, as Brian said, it's too hard to find a replacement property around here. There just isn't really good deals out here. And maybe you've looked in other states and, and you, you're just not able to find what you need. And you only have 45 days to do it anyway. And then you got to be a landlord in another state. I mean, it's, there's just a million reasons why somebody would want to consider not being a landlord in the case of selling their property. So the Delaware Statutory Trust, of course, is, which we've talked about on this show, is an opportunity if you're an accredited investor, meaning you have uh, well over a million dollars net worth outside of your principal residence. And there's some other rules around that. But if you are an accredited investor, there's a possibility where you can do a Delaware Statutory Trust. And let's say you sold your million dollar fourplex and, and you wanted to uh, invest in, in other parts of the country that are growing like in Texas and Florida, you know, the Sunbelt states, and you wanted some properties that have long-term corporate leases and are corporate guaranteed triple net leases. You wanted some multifamily in different states uh, around the country that where they're growing and diversify your investments and potentially increase your cash flow. Then talk to us about the Delaware Statutory Trust and understand one thing we didn't talk much about is the step up in basis. I've talked about how the 1031 defers your income tax, but I didn't say eliminate. Defer means pushing it off, kicking that can down the road. Now, the elimination comes when you keep doing these, and in the state of Washington or California, we're 
community property states, when either the husband or wife passes away, upon the, the first death, there's a full step up in basis. So all of the gains from that fourplex in our example, all of the capital gains, all the depreciation recapture, all the gains on your DST, all the depreciation recapture from the new DSTs, all of the gains on that, all the tax that was going to be owed and has been deferred are completely wiped out and eliminated upon the first death due to the step up in basis rules in the Internal Revenue code. So if you're an active landlord and you own investment real estate, be aware that there is a storm brewing right now. It has already hit the state of Oregon with rent control, Section 8 in California, and you know that it is just around the corner for us here in the metropolitan Seattle area. If you're interested in the 1031 Exchange, Delaware Statutory Trust, just strategies in general, sit down and talk with Brian's team here at Madrona Financial Services. They are experts in both of these areas. Again, the number to call, 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MAD D-R-O-N-A. And as always, you can find out more about the firm online at madronafinancial.com. There's also a website for the DSTs or the Delaware Statutory Trust, and that would be madrona1031.com. That's madrona1031.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. Glad you could join us again this week. We'll be right back with more of our show right after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Attention owners of income-producing real estate. Due to popular demand, Madrona Financial Services has just added August 6th and August 8th to their free DST Lunch and Learn event schedule. Join us on August 6th at Matt's Rotisserie and Oyster Lounge in Redmond, or August 8th at Lombardi's in Everett, and you'll learn about a no-hassle way to invest in real estate and the many benefits of a Delaware Statutory Trust. We'll also tell you about the Madrona bundle of services that bring everything you need to plan for retirement under one roof. Reserve your seats today before they're gone at 844-MADRONA. A DST also qualifies as a 1031 exchange, so you may be able to defer the capital gains taxes on the sale of your highly appreciated income property. Learn how to own shares of income-producing major commercial real estate properties without the obligations and hassles of property ownership. Attend our free DST and Madrona Bundle Lunch and Learn event at Matt's Rotisserie and Oyster Lounge in Redmond on August 6th or at Lombardi's in Everett on August 8th. Call 844-MADRONA or register at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Do you know how to provide a 30-year retirement plan with a 40-year career? The number of Americans who live to 100 will increase by 10 times in the next 30 years. The facts are, you could live longer than you thought, and the last thing you need is to run out of income when you need it the most. A plan that takes longevity into account increases the odds that you'll be financially able to do what you love with the people you love for the rest of your life. Call Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA. They'll work with you to help your 40-year career finance your next 30 or more years. The economy, our lifespans, and retirement have changed drastically since the time we entered the workforce. Have your retirement and tax strategies kept up? Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for a complete no-obligation retirement readiness review. Your retirement income plan should last as long as you do, and Madrona Financial Services can help you get there with a customized plan that suits you. Call right now for your retirement review at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to talk about some reasons why you would not want to do a DST 
and some of the questions that came up in a recent seminar. And Brian, I know that you do these DST seminars around the area, and if people want to know when those seminars are going to be, just keep watching the website. I know that they'll be announced there. One of the big benefits, of course, of the DST, the Delaware Statutory Trust, is its tax advantages, the tax strategy, and the savings there. However, there are some people, as good as this DST sounds, that a DST just would not be the right thing to do. Let's talk about those people. Yeah, I, I gave a seminar recently in Everett, and an overflow seminar coming up in Redmond, and in Everett, one of the people in the room, a great couple, they were asking super questions. And uh, based upon uh, kind of what they're saying, I was suggesting they shouldn't do a DST. And the reason was they were younger. They, they, you know, I don't know how old they were, but they were sure a lot younger than I am. And they really were very astute and asking great questions, like I said. And the DST, what it is not is hitting home runs. It is not designed to triple your money. Uh, I have seen it occur, but don't expect that to ever happen in your lifetime. This is more like hitting singles, not home runs, to use our baseball analogy. And so if you're, you know, in your 30s and 40s or even your your 50s potentially, you may decide, you know, hey, I'm really good at making a lot of money in real estate. This is what I do. That's what I do well. And if I go into DSTs, instead of a making wealth, it's it's retaining wealth strategy. It's an exit strategy from being a landlord. So I, I can't emphasize this enough. This is not for everybody. So even if you are accredited and so forth, you might be 45 going, yeah, well, now I'm just sitting back collecting checks from these DSTs. Really boring. I want to do stuff. You know, I want to make some, some, some real home runs, like I said. And so it would not be for you if that's what you're looking to do. And with Delaware Statutory Trust as well, I mean, you want to hold those for, you know, typically five seven years, something like that. So the DST is not terribly liquid, is it? No, it's not liquid either. So one of the other things is, you know, they've said, I, well, I was asked uh, this by that same couple. What if we just can't find anything now? We want to sell our property. We want to do 1031 exchange. But what if in a couple of years I find something I really want to get into? Uh, can I sell the DST? And I'm saying, oh, no, you really can't. There's not a reliable secondary market for it. Is it possible? I suppose so. But I'm just going to generally say no. Don't count on that uh, liquidity to be there. These are illiquid investments for up to 10 years. And so you're saying that you don't need access to the money. And and so in his case, I, I kind of teased him during the seminar. I said, well, generally, you, you stole my joke on this. I, I say, if, if a couple of years in, you need an emergency Bugatti, uh, you can't have it. And everybody chuckles and laughs at that one. But he had a real uh, a good reason why he might want the money in two years. It wasn't to spend it. It was because he found another great piece of real estate. He's still in the game. And again, he was a younger guy. And so he and, and his wife there were younger people. And And so they might want to not do uh, a 1031 exchange into a DST because they needed liquidity to go out and and do their own thing. Now, a lot of these people who own this uh, rental real estate, you know, they've owned it for 30, 40 years. They maybe got it when they were young. And this has been a major portion of their life. And, you know, they get to be older in life and they realize I really didn't learn to enjoy anything else in life. They don't know what else to do. Yeah, I've had that come up too. And it's interesting because I, I think it, it also, uh, a lot of guys deal with this. Kind of a, a they, they get to a point in their life where, okay, I've been doing this and uh, whatever the job is, it could be being a landlord, it could be being a financial planner. I got to look in the mirror on this one. I will probably be, I, I'll just say it, you know, I'll be guilty of working well past when I need to financially because I enjoy what I'm doing and it might be my identity. Now, hopefully I'm going to ha- have a balance. I look at uh, the founder of the firm, Bob Bauer, 
And that guy's my idol. I mean, he's the <laughs> idol of all the business people in Everett, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. People look at his life and go, that guy has balance. He shows up for at work. He's got people he's working with. He loves working with his clients. He loves working with his staff. He, he works out. He, he travels. He's got uh, social things he does all the time. He's active in the community. He's got all these different things going on. What a great life. I want to have that life someday. So, Bob, if you're listening, man, you're my <laughs> idol. But, uh, you know, and, and I hope to have that. But, you know, some people don't have a lot of that other stuff. And so it is their identity. And, you know, I'm not here to judge that. Maybe I would think that they would have other things that they could turn to in their retirement to be their new identity, to kind of reinvent themselves. You know, you've heard about these people. As soon as they retire from their job, they're, they're out on their own for two weeks and they have a heart attack and die because they are just lost souls. They don't know what else (laughs) to do. But I have definitely seen the perfect DST, your 70s, you're in your 80s, you you got the gains, uh, your cash flow is going to go up, you've got better diversity, you can get out on top and you ready to do this? I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't know what else I'd do. I'm like, okay, well, that's up to you. But that has definitely shown up a couple times for me. What are some of the other reasons why people have talked to you about Delaware Statutory Trust and you've decided that it's just not for them right now? Well, we did talk about you have to be an accredited investor. And so you got to have that million dollars net worth outside of your principal residence. And we're going to make sure you have quite a bit in excess of that before we're going to do one. I don't think necessarily it's appropriate if you're kind of on the edge there. And so it has to be something that makes sense for you in that way. Now, some people say, well, I don't want to do a 1031 exchange because I'm going to be selling and I think the Seattle market still might go up in value. And then I I remind them, they're going from real estate to real estate. So let's say that they're going into some markets in Texas and Florida or Colorado area or wherever they are, wherever the DSTs happen to be that are available at that time. I, I remind them, do you believe those markets will go up in value if you're in real estate? And they think about it and they go, oh yeah, well, they go up too, right? When times are good. And I said, well, yeah. And so you're not getting out of investing in real estate. You're just getting out of investing in real estate in Seattle or in Bellevue or wherever your property is and diversifying it to other areas that hopefully are also growing in value. So that's one of the reasons that people might be sticking on to prop, you know, sticking with property that uh, longer than they want to is because they, they think they're going to be out of the appreciation potential gain, but uh, they, they don't have to be. And another reason some people may not want to do a Delaware statutory trust is they're just afraid. I mean, they've got this rental property right now. They can see it. They can feel it. They can touch it. How do you here at Madrona Financial Services minimize the risk going into a Delaware statutory trust? I can't eliminate risk on real estate. It is real estate. You can lose money in real estate. You can lose money in the real estate you own here. You can lose money on the real estate you're going into in the Delaware Statutory Trust. One of the things I will point out that's interesting about DSTs as it relates to them that's different from other kinds of like opportunity zone investments or REIT investments. With those, you're putting a lot of trust into wherever you're investing because the property may not be owned yet. With DSTs, I can say, well, if we're going to DST into a, I'll just make up one here. Let's say it was in central Florida and it was an apartment building and it was 300 units. I could tell you the address of it. It is owned. It's rented out currently before you're buying into it. 
it has been all done. It's actually operating. You can get on an airplane. You can fly there. You can touch that. And let's say you sold a property for a million bucks and you put uh, $250,000 in, into a partial interest in this apartment. You can drive to that apartment and say, that is the apartment I have a partial interest in. I know specifically where it is. I have the demographics on the area. I can learn all about it in the prospectus that comes along with the DST before I invest because you're going to get that prospectus. Now, I hopefully you'll read all 250 pages. <laughs> I don't know if you will or not, but uh, you, you will be provided with all the data you need on that actual property that you are an actual partial interest owner of. Well, once again, Brian, we're out of time for this week. Before we go, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth is John Capuano. Our director of program operations is the cookie monster, Greg Dinnett. Our show is produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous six-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schoplum. Christy Parmenter is our associate producer. Superboy Pete Gustin is our technical director and announcer. And Nicole Zitnick is our content supervisor. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. Attention! Due to the first date selling out, Madrona Financial Services has just added two new event dates, August 6th at Matt's Rotisserie and Oyster Lounge in Redmond and August 8th at Lombardi's in Everett for their free DST Lunch and Learn event. You'll learn how to own shares of income-producing major commercial real estate properties without taking on any debt or management obligations with a Delaware Statutory Trust. A DST can also qualify as a 1031 exchange, so you can potentially defer the capital gains taxes on the sale of your highly appreciated income property. If you're tired of being a landlord but love to invest in real estate, this event is for you. These events fill up quickly, so call 844-MADRONA today. You'll also learn about the Madrona Bundle of Services, which brings everything you need to plan for retirement together under one roof. Join us for a free DST and Madrona Bundle Lunch and Learn event at Matt's Rotisserie and Oyster Lounge in Redmond on Tuesday, August 6th, or at Lombardi's in Everett on Thursday, August 8th at noon. Reserve your seats today at 844-MADRONA or register at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. The Madrona Bundle of Services has become so popular that we started bundling everything. Hi, this is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, to tell you about the latest thing we bundled, our books. We're proud to announce the Complete Book of Retirement, which bundles together our guides on retirement investing, annuities, passive real estate investing, and even information for the high net worth investor into one convenient and informative book. You can get your free copy today by going to madronafinancial.com. And if you're looking for even more information on investing, you can sign up for Madrona University to continue your investor education. Of course, if you need more personalized help, you can always sign up for a complimentary review. We'll sit down to discuss your retirement plan and explain how the Madrona Bundle of Services provides you with everything you need to plan for retirement under one roof. Get started today by calling 844-MADRONA and don't forget to download your free copy of the Complete Book of Retirement at madronafinancial.com.